It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are having conversations about important issues out there. Just a note, Steve, that rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, Charlie has beautiful ones, but that one I think is one of my favorite. You should see the video that goes with it. It's oh. on uh, YouTube. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that after I'll the show today. I'll send that one to you. It's uh, pretty impressive. And maybe you post it on your on the website too. That could be a uh, yes. So yeah, get that over. That is just uh, that's just really awesome. We have uh, a great show planned for you today. We're going to be going through headlines in segments one and two, segments three and four. William Perry Pinley. Uh, he's an author. Uh, he, um, he, he's, he's a former Marine, uh, but he's written a very important piece. It was in the Washington Examiner. And he said, America's energy boom is changing geopolitics just as Reagan foresaw. And uh, affordable, efficient, reliable energy is one of the things that has lifted more people out of poverty and, and contributed to more human flourishing than almost anything else out there. So that's going to be a really, really good, um, good conversation. Uh, as we're talking about these issues, uh, there seem, they can seem very complicated. But it really comes down to when you're looking at these, it's freedom versus force or force versus freedom. Socialism is force. And uh, the uh, Nazi stood for National Socialist German Workers' Party. Socialism never works very well for everyday people. And we need to remember that because we are seeing kind of this romance with socialism. It's been coming out of our uh, education system, and people do not do well under socialism. And uh, so we need to remember that. So socialism is force. It is never compassionate to take others' rights, property, or freedom via force, whether it's with weapons or taxation or policy. And my frequent uh, guest, Stephen Kessler, Ph.D., asked three questions when he's talking to liberals who are, are advocating for socialism and communism. And that is, do you have any skin in the game? Are we, bring, are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? You felt good, but did you do good? And we are seeing this effort for socialization in transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And uh, just a quick note, Dave, one of my listeners, said, I cannot believe that we are not seeing uh, any of the major news outlets actually cover this. This was uh, from Breitbart. And again, we had talked about this uh, Denver City Councilwoman. And I, I, you know what, I should have researched her, how to pronounce her name. I apologize on that. I do like to get that right. But uh, guess what she is saying? She is recommending uh, communal ownership of land. So all of these elites that live in Denver in these beautiful big houses... You know, they think that they may, uh, may be skating by because they actually supported her. Ultimately, what happens is, is that comes back to bite you. You're seeing that in the Democrat Party right now with Nancy Pelosi and the fight that she's having with Ocasio-Cortez right now. 
Uh, so this is just astounding that this Denver City Councilwoman that just got in, and she went through that Emerge pro, uh, program, and if you look at Emerge Colorado, and you will see their advisory board. I mean, these are the people, these are elites that are supporting this kind of stuff. And uh, we, need to, we need to be talking about this because communal ownership of land, communism, socialism, never works out very well for everyday hardworking people. So I want to say thank you to producer Steve. Yeah, always appreciate all that you do behind the, the glass there on the boards. Zach, Patty, and Keith for your support and good work. And to my listeners, I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for uh, your comments, getting information to me. I greatly appreciate that as well. So today, we're going to be talking about Reagan with uh, William Perry Pinley. So I thought it was very appropriate to have uh, Reagan quotes today. And, you know, he was just a guy that, that was optimistic. And our inspirational quote for today is, There are no great limits to growth because there are no limits of human intelligence, imagination, and wonder. Again, Ronald Reagan said, there are no great limits to growth because there are no limits of human intelligence, imagination, and wonder. That's Ronald Reagan. And Steve, I don't know, are you finding these funny at all, these things that I'm getting from the uh, United States Code of Laws and the Code of Federal Regulations? Is that humorous at all to you? The humor comes from the absurdity aspect of it. I know. Can you believe a government can... That that our representatives are passing these laws and regulations? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you ready? I have three for you today. Oh, Just in case you were wondering, it is a federal crime to climb on any portion of the U.S. Bureau of Engraving and Printing that's not authorized for climbing. (laughs) You're speechless. Okay, next one. This makes me feel a lot better knowing that our senators and representatives and all those bureaucrats back in Washington passed this. It's a federal crime to sell canned orange juice unless the orange juice is sealed in a container. You'd be in the slammer if you did that. Okay. And the last one. Oh, Steve, I'm surprised that you have not been arrested on this one. It's a federal crime to make loud and unusual noises at the post office. (laughs) The silence is, I'm sorry, there's just no words. (laughs) There are no words on that. So next thing I wanted to clarify, you know, you brought up a great question regarding this initiative 200 and patty really delved into this and uh, got the answers for you you, yesterday morning you said who's behind this and you know what we we should have known that uh that was a good question so patty's checked it out kathy gentner a jeffco teacher and an organizer is spearheading the special lakewood election pertaining to initiative 200 kent nurse said the goal is to reduce the number of luxury apartments she has started a gofundme account the first donation is shown as 20 months ago. Her total f- uh, fund intake as of last night was $3,372, and Ms. Kentner is seeking 50000 Now, it is interesting to note that the Lakewood City Council is given the ability to give a waiver in special cases. Okay, this is where you get into cronyism. People um, pick, uh, with uh, government and bureaucrats picking winners and losers. So this whole thing stinks. And the following states the exemption process. Residential development projects may be specifically exempted from this ordinance according to either of the following procedures. A, residential de- developments may be exempted by the adoption by the electors of the city of Lakewood at a regular or special election of an initiated or referred ordinance enacting such an exemption. 
The election shall be held according to the applicable provisions of the Lakewood City Charter with any expenses covered by the applicant requesting the exemption. B, City Council may, upon finding of compliance with the below-listed criteria, grant an exemption from the specific provisions of this chapter for a residential development within the city. City Council's actions shall be by ordinance, shall include two public hearings, and shall occur following uh, public hearing and recommendation by the Planning Commission. Okay, first of all, the Planning Commission is, they are all appointed by the City Council. So you can see how they, uh, they kind of hide behind the bureaucrats then as well. And it says, Planning Commission's hearing and recommendation and City Council's hearing and decision on the requested exemption shall follow the hearing and notice proceed, blah, 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 blah. Okay, it, now this is what the, the things are. It says that the residential project re- requesting an exemption is a multifamily senior housing project, which is and will remain housing for individuals over the age of 55. Two, that the project requesting the exemption demonstrates compliance with Lakewood Comprehensive Plan and any applicable neighborhood plans. And three, a senior housing project developed based upon an exemption granted shall not be converted to another residential use without first having secured an allegation allocation for each dwelling to be so converted according to the provisions of this chapter. Now, I know that that's kind of city council legalese speak, but basically what this is doing is... Um, is creating exemptions. It's picking winners and losers. You can see developers that, you know, they're going to try to adhere to what this exemption is going to be. And, Steve, we have to ask, why is it the only thing then that they're going to let be built in uh, in excess of these growth limits in Lakewood would be senior housing, multi- uh, apartment buildings? I'm, I was uh, talking to somebody about all these different apartment buildings uh, going up. And he said, it's building tomorrow's slums today. And if you're coming around that curve there on Broadway, as you look south, I mean, that looks to me like Russia. Uh, you know, if you're on I-25 coming around that curve down there on Broadway and you see all of those uh, apartment buildings there, it looks to me like a third world country. And this is what these planners are planning. So that it's been a knee-jerk reaction, I think, out there in Lakewood. People are frustrated. They are now seeing... The fruits, if that's what you could call it, they're seeing the effects of uh, what we're seeing all up and down the corridor here with both Republican and Democrat uh, elected politicians, we'll say, that their agenda is to get people out of their cars, get them onto buses, onto trains, onto bicycles, and to live in little two-bedroom apartments, three-bedroom apartments, and, uh, I mean, this looks to me like socialism and communism. They're using dollars to do that, and now they're also going to use policy. People in Lakewood are frustrated with what has been happening along these corridors, and so this is a knee-jerk reaction. I don't think it's the right answer. And then you see all wrapped up in this, picking winners and losers, and, again, pushing and what they're going to have exempted above this would be multifamily housing uh, or apartment buildings for seniors. Uh, it's, I think it's a very stinky thing. Steve, do you have any comments? Who was it who said, I think it was Governor Dick Lamb, that growth needs to pay its own way? Now, I'm going back a long ways, but I think it was he who made that comment, you know, based on this very topic. And I've been here almost 41 years. This has been a inc- very contentious arena that nobody is cl- clearly leading the way in terms of how growth should really happen and what needs to happen first, what needs to happen second. But it's so typical of, you know, the U.S. 
way of living, I guess. We have to be at one extreme or the other. We can't find the middle ground, at least not in the last 30 years. Well, once again, you're seeing uh, picking winners and losers, and that is one of the things when you are evaluating something is uh, are we, are we um, as Stephen Kessler said, are we yanking people down or are we building them up? And here, whenever you are picking winners and losers, you're yanking somebody down. And the idea, you know, the, the Realtors Association uh, is against this, and, and I laud them on that because, and they need to, to continue to remember what their, their principles are, and that is private property ownership. And, you know, Kamala Harris and all these um, politicians that are running for uh, president, you know, what, they're, what they now say is they want to get people into these two, three-bedroom apartments, get them onto bikes, bikes uh, buses and trains, and then they want to make sure that there's a park within walking distance. I don't know about you, but I think that the fact that people could have their own single-family home, they could have a little backyard where they could have a sandbox for their kids to play, that they know that they're safe, I think that's a pretty good idea. And so instead of having politicians push their agenda via policy and also subsidizing all this stuff, let's let the free market work. That's my two cents on it. Let's not forget the other thing regarding this whole topic, government seems to be addicted to growth because of the what what what's the first thing they see when they're bringing more people money. in money money yes. money you got it okay so we're going to go to break when we come back uh we have uh, many other important headlines to run through we're gonna <laughs> i should be you know i should be an auctioneer if i was an auctioneer and could speak that fast then i could make sure that you got all these headlines but we'll get to as many of them as we can before we talk to william perry pinley in segments three and four but the Rocks were off last night. They begin a three-game series with the Diamondbacks tonight, and then they go to the Dodgers on Friday. And Hooters is the spot to be this summer. You can enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down. Great place to watch the game. And uh, they have this fabulous lunch special. It's nine items for nine bucks. That's 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. And they have nine fabulous, uh, delicious items that you can choose from. And uh, so you can drop by and and, uh, have lunch there. Or, you know, if you're coming home from work, you can uh, actually pick up Hooters or you can have it delivered right to your front door. If you want more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the Americhicks. We're going to be right back with more headlines. All Americhick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. 
And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Auto Fire Guard for sponsoring this fascinating exploration of the U.S. Constitution. And sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins, Kim Munson looks forward to celebrating U.S. Constitution Week in Grand Lake. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Oh, I love these old westerns. Love what what uh, Charlie's doing with uh, with the music here. Uh, this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. We're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. And we were having a conversation regarding this initiative 200 out in Lakewood. Uh, this exemption thing that is really stinky. And um, I know that people are frustrated because they are starting to see the effects of these policies for the last 15 years, uh, and um, they don't like what's happening in their community. And so, you know, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction, like, let's stop uh, because we don't like this. We're going to put in a a growth barrier, and that's never good either. Um, And then uh, Patty really delved into this, and when she realized that there was this big exemption for this senior apartments you know, that's just not a good thing. But to Steve, you said that you came across something that was of great interest. Well, back to this growth should pay its own way. And I was making sure my attribution was correct to Governor Lamb. But I found something else from a, a gentleman by the name of Steve Pomerantz. He's a former Boulder City Council member, former, but he was writing a piece for the Daily Camera. Colorado's growth is not paying its way. If we actually require new development to fully mitigate its impacts, most of the need for these tax and debt increases would go away. I realize the idea of requiring developers to solve the problem that they create is a radical notion. After all, we are continually told the growth is beneficial. But then why are we being asked to raise our taxes or increase our debt to deal with the ever-worsening traffic? Why are we being forced to vote every few years on more funding for new schools? It's time that our elected officials focused on eliminating these hidden subsidies that grant development huge profits, but leave the rest of us paying for its impacts. Okay, Steve, just a couple of things on that. First of all, uh, you, we have economic development offices. There's a state economic development office. Uh, many of the counties have them. Many of the cities have them. There's paid staff that they go out there. And uh, they basically make deals with different businesses. They give them tax breaks. They may give them uh, a portion of their tax revenues back. And they do this all under the guise of economic development. Once again, it is government and bureaucrats, bureaucrats and and politicians that are picking winners and losers. I do agree with what he has to say, though, regarding, uh, you know, uh, bringing all these people in certainly puts pressure on schools, puts pressure on roads. But I would suggest to you also that from an immigration standpoint, uh, where Denver is a sanctuary city, where we are bringing in illegal immigration into our our city as well, that's putting the same kind of pressure on roads and schools and public services. And so we need to make sure that we are looking at this across the complete spectrum. Uh, want to let's see the next thing. Uh, I think I, I think this is really important, and that is there is this move to get rid of Tabor over all these years, the last twenty five years or so. Since Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights was put into the Colorado Constitution by the people of Colorado, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties have been doing everything they can to 
uh, kind of defang that. And basically what Tabor is, it's three three things. It says, hey, hey, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, if you want to raise the taxes on everyday hardworking people, you just have to ask us. Or if you want to incur debt that we're going to have to pay off, you just have to ask us. And then if, in fact, government or, uh, you know, government revenues have, have grown more than a very uh, a, a, a formula of population plus inflation, so it is, you know, it's, it's, uh, actually gives them plenty of growth room. If there is revenue above that, if you want to keep that our tax refunds, you just have to ask us. So there is going to be on the ballot this year, it was referred by this legislature, surprise, uh, it's, I think it's um, referendum CC, and basically what it's saying is, hey, people of Colorado, we politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, we want you to give us permission to keep your tax refunds forever. That's what that's going to be. But yesterday, the Supreme Court ruled here in Colorado, and of course the Supreme Court is uh, appointed, um, basically, I think, by the governor. And uh, I better make sure on that. You know what? That'll be something I have to clarify tomorrow, is how is the Supreme Court determined here in Colorado? So we'll check that out just to make sure. You know, I love when you paraphrase, Tabor. I mean, Mm -hmm. just a real quick nuts and bolts, here's how it works. You just have to ask. I love that phrase, because that is where they're digging in their heels. There's two reasons they don't like that obviously transparency mm-hmm. because now we can see what they're really wanting uh, what they're really up to but i think it's also their egos get met, get trounced by this you just have to ask like we are the superior ones here we know what we're doing it's not you taxpayers so you know yeah there's a kind of an arrogance about it absolutely yep so okay but with this yesterday the colorado supreme court uh, gave the green light to a proposed ballot measure that would fully repeal Colorado's taxpayers' bill of rights. The court's decision hinged on whether the repeal violated the state's requirement that ballot measures only address a single issue. It was a 5-2 decision, and so this initiative could, uh, um, the one in favor, Justice Richard Gabriel, said the initiative could not be written more simply or directly. And uh, it said the court did not weigh the merits of Tabor or, or the repeal process. Uh, it, they just conclude that the initiative here comprises the multiple subjects would require us to read language in the initiative. And so anyway, basically, the bottom line is, is that, in fact, there is going to be an all-out assault on Tabor. I'd actually like to go on the offensive on this. I would like to do another Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, where, in essence, we would roll back all of this detabering, this debrucing, they call it, because, um, and, and just roll all that back and once again get to the point where politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties have to ask us if they're going to keep our tax refunds. They're going to have to ask us if they're going to incur debt, and they're going to have to ask us if they raise taxes. So instead of defanging it, I think that we should work to strengthen that. You know what, Steve, there is one other subject that I wanted to get to, and I don't know that we are going to do that because uh, uh, I don't think we have time. I think maybe we'll do that tomorrow. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Okay. And that just has, I just have to comment. Every time I I, uh, open up my computer this week, I see a picture of Parliament that is lit up in rainbow colors. And uh, Steve and I were talking about it before we went on the air, and, and I do want to address that. So I have two things that I have to make sure that I do tomorrow. So, But 
We have on the line with us Jason McBride. Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, what is on your mind right now? Well, just from your comments you mentioned, it reminded me of the text I sent you last week, which is why do we have a gay pride month, but we only have (laughs) Veterans Day. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was very important. Here, veterans are people that have been willing to put their, their whole lives on the line so that we can have freedom, and we only have Veterans Day, but yet we have a, a complete week, a complete month uh, regarding gay pride. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. But, um, and I think I'll talk about it tomorrow, Jason, but you're seeing all these different buildings that are being lit up uh, with the rainbow colors, and, you know, it's, <laughs> I'll talk about it tomorrow. It's not my business what people do personally, but my gosh, you know, everybody wants to make their business my business, and, and I'm a little concerned about that. So I'll talk about that tomorrow. What's on your mind? Okay. Well, you know, I was thinking, too, that it's, it's really easy to put money into an IRA or put money into a 401K, but gosh almighty, they make it hard to take it out correctly without tripping yourself up. You've got uh, all these rules. Uh, you can't take it out before your age 59 and a half without a 10% penalty unless there's an exception, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some type of uh, hardship. You can get money out of your 401K, but then you still have to pay the penalty. Uh, in certain cases, you can get money out of one but not the other to pay qualified higher education expenses. Uh, one but not the other uh, for if you're a qualified first-time home buyer, Kim, which has all kinds of different uh, qualifications to it. Luckily, both of them will let you take it out without a penalty uh, if you have an IRS levy against your yourself that you have to pay. Uh, but again, you got one that lets you take it out to pay your health insurance premiums while you're unemployed, but not the other. So it, it's really confusing. And then once you turn age 70 and a half, you have to start taking money out whether you want to or not. And that's a whole nother set of complications, especially with the first one, and then making sure you do it every year, which gets even more complicated if you have IRAs at more than one place. Well, whose money is that? Is that the government's money or is that the person's money? No, it's the government's <laughs> money. You just have to ask them for it. It's reverse Tabor. I, I think that's for sure. You know, I, and with the baby boomers, you know, getting to retirement age, they need help regarding, we talked about Social Security yesterday and, and all these are. IRA rules, and I know that you specialize, you and your colleagues over there at Presidential Wealth Management, you specialize in kind of knowing all this stuff. Well, we have to know it, Kim, and, and part of it is is because the penalty, are, some of the penalties are very stiff. For example, if you don't take out the, your required minimum distribution for the year, and this is even if you're a beneficiary that inherited an IRA from a parent, uncle, or somebody, the penalty is 50% of the amount you were supposed to withdraw. Oh I mean, that gosh. is pretty harsh. And they're, they're pretty uh, liberal about forgiving that penalty in certain cases, but not as often as you would think. I mean, that's uh, uh, 
Yeah. Well, you know, I hate to use the word, but that's pretty Nazi-ish. Oh, my gosh. I tell you what, 50 per- and that's your money just because, you know, it seem, seems to me like people should be able to, to make those decisions. But because government is involved in that, you need professionals to help you navigate this whole thing for your own personal uh, economy, for your own personal well-being. And uh, I know, Jason, you and your team over there at Presidential Wealth Management can sit down and help people navigate this. Well, we can. The last thing you want to do is spend your whole life building up your 401k or IRA and then uh, trip right when you're about to cross the finish line by making a, you know, a, a mistake that you didn't even know you were making that cost you a lot of money. Well, that's for sure. So more information, check out our landing page. That's chickspresidential.com, chickspresidential.com. And the phone number over there for you, Jason, is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. Thank you for that good information, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, have a great show, Kim. Thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with William Perry Penley regarding his piece in the Washington Examiner that America's energy boom is changing geopolitics, just as Reagan foresaw. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, June 14th through Thursday, June 20th, features will include Aladdin, Dark Phoenix, and John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate for more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We're going to be having a conversation in just a moment with uh, William Perry Pinley. Before we do that, though, education of our children is so important. And um, the 10 best Colorado high schools list was recently released by U.S. News and World Report. And the 10 best Colorado high schools, according to the publication were Devlin, which is in Jefferson County. It's an option school. Denver School of the Arts, optional, or it's a charter school. Um, Devlin's a charter school as well. The Vanguard School in Colorado Springs, charter school. Peak-to-peak charter school in Lafayette. Crested Butte Community School, which is a public school. Liberty Common uh, up in Fort Collins, charter. KIPP, Denver Collegiate High School in Denver, charter. Strive Prep, uh, Smart Academy, charter. STEM Middle and High School, Highlands Ranch, charter and then Fairview High School in Boulder. What do you notice? I think about eight out of these 10 schools were all charter schools. And what we have seen is the teachers unions 
are working diligently to try to shut down charters. They're, tr- they're making it very difficult for new charters to be approved. But yet here what we see is that eight out of the top ten schools in Colorado are charter schools. So instead of trying to shut that down, it seems like what we might try to do is to actually um, uh, lift that up and get more kids into charter schools and get more kids into a situation where they are, uh, you know, getting an education that is is uh, exemplary. And uh, so once again, I think that that was really important. And that was from the U.S. News and World Report. And that is the 10 best Colorado high schools. And uh, Devlin, who we had Roberta Sutton on, you know, she's written this very important book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. Uh, and she's been doing substitute teaching uh, in one of the metro area school districts. And uh, she's been shocked to find out that what we, uh, uh, we, we are assuming that our kids are being taught certain things. And instead, what we're seeing is that, uh, uh, well, a couple of things. On literature, she said that instead of, of great literature, that what they're being taught are things that have just been written within the last 15 years. And it's very dark. And, and so instead of lifting kids up and giving them hope, we're having them read this dark literature. And then, and then this whole um, LGBTQ agenda, uh, I think, is creating confusion uh, in kids' minds. And um, I, I, I'm concerned about that as well. So we're going to be doing a town hall uh, probably before school um, opens to talk about many of these issues. And, of course, STEM's, um, um, school sa- safety as well as we're talking about uh, STEM. So that's the, the – I wanted to mention that. Uh, next thing is uh, Kevin Lundberg. We um, you know, have him on from time to time. He is a former state senator. And uh, he does a Lundberg report, and uh, it's a weekly report, and he has written that property rights in the 2019 session. He said, uh, property owners and their rights were impacted by several pieces of legislation in Colorado this year, and none of it was for the good. The right to own and control private property is an essential part of a free society. Any infringements on this principle erodes our freedoms because free choices in many areas of life are only possible if one can own and control the possessions that they need to conduct the affairs of their lives. And he starts with Senate Bill 181, which is that oil and gas regulations. He said this is probably the biggest taking of private property in the history of state of Colorado. Everyone in Colorado will feel the effects of this bill as it will increase the cost of energy. And the overall economy will be severely challenged. Senate Bill 181 is also the end of thousands of jobs in Colorado. And many oil and gas related businesses will either go out of business or leave the state. And this is an excellent segue into our guest. And that is William Perry Penling. And this important piece that he's written regarding America's energy boom is changing geopolitics, just as Reagan foresaw. And so it's beyond me why, why we're trying to shut down oil and gas development when, in essence, what Reagan was able to see has actually helped the United States and we become energy independent. So William Perry Penley, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Hey, Kim, great to be with you. Apologize for the glitch. Well, you know what? Uh, live radio and technology, it's always interesting, so it's great to have you on the line here. This piece, well, that, well, this piece that you have written for the uh, Washington Examiner is really uh, an excellent piece. And I, I remember that. I, the promo that we did, right. and this is from your, your, um, your piece, is that in 1977, Jimmy Carter said that we're, we were going to run out of uh, oil and gas. That's right. 
Yeah, that was that was his prediction. He he said we didn't have a uh, uh, we had only 30 years left, and so we had to really conserve. And Reagan's response was, uh, if we're going to conserve, it last three years to the 30 we have. Uh, so that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Reagan had been a a very close observer of Washington D.C. for years. Um, and most people don't realize what what a uh, what what a, a reader. Reagan was and how he just, I mean, he was either doing one of two things before he became governor. He was on a movie set or he was home with Nancy in the library reading. And he had just an amazing library. He did almost all of his own research uh, on his radio shows. And he'd been following the government predictions about running out of oil for decades. And every time the, the, Bureau of Mines or the U.S. Geological Survey would say, well, we're about to run out or we only have X years. Uh, then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, it would be, oh, oh wow, we, we made these big discoveries. And so Reagan, Reagan was a keen observer of that. And he said, we're not running out of oil. I mean, in fact, Reagan knew that the federal government owns a third of the country, half of it in Colorado. Half of Colorado is owned by the federal government. And the entire outer continental shelf, a billion acres of land. And he simply said, why, why are we not drilling there? Because if we drilled there, we'd find oil. And uh, as he said uh, at the, his uh, acceptance speech in 1980 with the Republican convention, he said, why is Carter afraid of drilling? Is he afraid we're going to make another discovery? So uh, he was not afraid of the future. Uh, Jimmy Carter was. Well, how do you think it's changing the geopolitical structure now with uh, what, you know, with his vision? What do you well, see? Uh, what, at the time, just remember where we are and the young people, they, you know, they just have no concept on how, how what a scary time it was. It was a scary, scary time. Uh, the Soviet Union was on the march uh, in, in Europe and Africa and, and Latin America. Uh, we were beholden to uh, the Middle East. Uh, when OPEC had meetings, we all shivered uh, out of fright. We had gas lines. We had triple-digit uh, unemployment, inflation, and interest rates. Uh, it, it was a fearsome time, and every, everybody feared what Reagan called, and I guess everybody called um, a mutually assured destruction, what we called MAD. Uh, which, which simply meant, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna bomb the hell out of each other and there'll be nothing left of the planet and just one misstep, one, uh, misunderstanding will result in this. So it's a very scary time. And so whenever the United States did anything in foreign affairs, we had to think, what will this do to our energy supply? Uh, is somebody gonna get mad at us and cut us off? Uh, is Iran going to get mad at us and cut us off? Venezuela going to get mad at us and cut us off? And today, we don't think about that anymore, uh, simply because we have so much energy. We have an energy glut. In the last year, our exports of liquefied natural gas to Europe have gone up 250%. Uh, that's a, this is just an astonishing number, and it totally changes the relationship between the Europeans and the Soviet Union, because the Soviet Union used to be able to say to, to Europe, hey, we've got natural gas, we have it in abundance, we are your lifeline, and you listen to what we say, uh, and don't listen to the United States. And that's all changed. Uh, that's totally changed. Venezuela, can we 
uh, get ourselves involved in Venezuela and, and, and do something in defense of the people who are suffering so uh, in that country. Uh, in the past, we could not simply because, whoa, uh, we get 7 10% of our oil from Venezuela. We sure can't afford to make them mad. Uh, well, now, well, who, who cares? We have plenty of energy on our own. And as I said in the piece, Kim, everywhere the politicians, and this fits with what you said in the lead-in, everywhere the politicians allow us to drill, we happen to we find energy. It's just the, the nature of things. And, and that's the second thing that the Reagan understood. Uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh, Exxon and Mobil and Chevron uh, and all the big companies, they're out there discovering this oil. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're pumping gas. They're the ones that are supplying it to us. Who's out there making the discovery? What we call here in the American West, we call the wildcatters. Uh, uh, people like my late friend uh, Mick McMurray up in Casper, who discovered the Jonah Field in western Wyoming. Uh, they're the ones who are out there with an idea and a thought and a plan and a scheme and saying, hey, maybe I can make this work. And they look at the seismic data and they bring in fracking experts, and all of a sudden, uh, we're, we're as, they, as they said <laughs> in a Bonnie and Clyde movie, we're in the money. Uh, uh, and, and the United States has energy. And that's why I call, I call fracking an uh, uh, energy, economic, and environmental miracle. And it's an environmental miracle because it's leading the transition to natural gas, uh, which... Uh, which decreases our, our our carbon footprint, as Al Gore might say. But we, you know, people say, "Oh, we didn't join the uh, Trump got out of the Paris Agreement." Well, good for him, um, uh, but we're leading the other countries as far as trying to meet some sort of uh, um, uh, a less carbon uh, emissions goal than everybody else. Uh, simply because we're producing more natural gas and it's leading that transition. And the third thing, of course, is it's boosting the economy. Um, a couple of years ago, I don't know what the current statistics are, but a couple of years ago, seven out of every ten jobs in Pennsylvania were oil and gas jobs. And, and I don't mean the roughnecks on the, on the equipment. Uh, but it's other jobs, too, the suppliers, the people who haul in the fracking sand, the people who, frankly, take the, take the, uh, the refuge away from the drilling site, the people who come in and clean things up. Uh, it's just, just mind-boggling. Seventy percent of the new jobs in the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, were oil and gas jobs. And it's all because of fracking. And you look across the border in New York, where Cuomo said, no, we're not going to let you frack up here, uh, they're in poverty. The people in upstate New York, I have many friends there, I've visited their office, I've represented them in court, and they're in poverty now simply for one reason, they cannot drill on their own land. And so it's amazing. You know, William Perry Penley, we're going to go to break. When we come back, I have additional questions regarding uh, oil and gas. Uh, I submit to you that hydrocarbons... Uh, actually have helped more people get out of poverty and has helped with their health, their their well-being, than almost anything else out there. But uh, I do want to talk a little I just have a comment on New York. So we're going to go to break, and we'll, when we come back, we'll continue this important conversation with William Perry Pinley and his piece, America's Energy Boom is Changing Geopolitics, 
just as Reagan foresaw. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson as we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, having a very important conversation with William Perry Pinley. He is the author of Sagebrush Rebel. He's also the author of an important piece that was recently published in the Washington Examiner, America's Energy Boom is Changing Geopolitics, just as Reagan foresaw. And before we went to break, Perry, you had said that seven out of ten jobs in new jobs in Pennsylvania are oil and gas jobs. But just across the border, where there is uh, uh, basically a ban on uh, new oil and gas development in New York, that people are living in poverty. And, and, and going back to Venezuela, I remember when Venezuela was a thriving and prosperous country. It's not because they don't have resources. It's because of public policy. So now we come over to Colorado. And first of all, uh, you know, one of the questions one of our uh, my frequent guests has about socialism and communism, you felt good, but did you do good? So there's this whole <laughs> narrative out there about, uh, you know, we want to have clean air, clean water for our kids. And and then this big, bad oil and gas, you know, is uh, is polluting it. I, I personally I don't buy it. And when I was reading your piece on Reagan, when Jimmy Carter said we're in politicians, bureaucrats and interested parties said we're, we're going to run out of um, oil and gas in 30 years. And Reagan says, I'm not buying that. But he was getting this from uh, I can't remember who you said, but it's it's, it's it seemed to me like. Scientists say, scientists say, you know, and and that's what we're, you know, we're seeing here in in Colorado. And so you mentioned that they were basically uh, trying to cut us off. We were concerned that in the Middle East, if we made a mad, that they would cut us off from energy. How is it, William Perry Penley, that we have policies in Colorado that want to cut us off from energy? I don't get it. No, it doesn't make any sense, and I think it's a part of a, a, a mindset that says, well, the oil and gas industry, it can absorb any cost. 
Uh, we can impose any burden on it. We can put all sorts of regulations on it, and it'll never go away. It has nowhere else to go. It's like that line, old movie, Officer and a Gentleman, where the Richard Gere character says, I got nowhere else to go. Uh, the oil patch has everywhere else to go. It can go to Wyoming, for example. It can go to North Dakota, for example. There are lots of other places to go where the regulations are not so onerous. I gave a speech on the on April 12th, the leadership of the Rockies, and a woman stepped up to me afterwards from Weld County, and she said, you know, when that proposition was on the ballot, uh, we, the, we had a contract with an oil and gas company. It was going to do seismic work on our property. And then that proposition to really uh, the setback uh, plan uh, failed at the ballot, and the company came back in and did the seismic work in preparation for drilling. And now that this new legislation is passed, the company says, we're, we're leaving town. Uh, we're not going to uh, explore on your private property. So that's what, it, that's what happens. And the people, are they think about this fracking thing. The environmental community thrives on this idea of scarcity. Uh, and that's right. what Jimmy Carter was preaching. That's what the environmentalists, the Malthusians have preaching forever. And, and just simply say, we, we have this scarcity. We're going to run out. We've got to put the government in charge because the government will know what to do. And so because we have demonstrated we do not have scarcity, the Greens, the environmentalists, have to go to war against fracking. And they say, oh, fracking is evil. Fracking is bad. We've got to stop fracking. Why do they want to stop fracking? Because that's how we're getting the energy out. Well, and affordable, reliable, and abundant energy is one of the things that really has helped uh, people get out of poverty and to live oh. longer. Uh, to- oh, yeah. Tomorrow we're going to have uh, a woman on with Liberty Oilfield Services. You know, one of the things that um, that they talked about fracking is that it's loud. And I, I don't know if people understand there's a difference between uh, drilling a well, fracking a well, and then the well that's producing. Those They're, they're all different. And fracking can be loud. It's for a, a, basically a short period of time, typically no longer than I think 30 days max, but it can be loud. And so Reagan, in our, I don't know if you heard our quote that we started uh, the, the day with, but the inspirational quote is, is he said, there are no great limits to growth because there are no limits of human intelligence, imagination, oh, yeah. and wonder. And so what happened is uh, the founders of this uh, little company, Liberty Oil Field Services, heard people say, we're concerned about the noise uh, when a well is fracked, and they came up with a quiet fracking uh, system, and I, I've actually been out, I've, I've seen it, I've heard it, and so with creativity and innovation, they solve that right. problem. The enviros just want to bring the problems up. They don't want to solve them because they want to stop oil and gas development. Well, you're absolutely right, and the Reagan quote is spot on, and this is why the Malthusians were wrong, because they, number one, they underestimated the amount of natural resources available, and number two, they had, uh, underestimated the ingenuity of mankind to develop those resources. Uh, back in 1963, I heard Paul Harvey give a talk over the University of Wyoming, and he talked about pessimists who say, when whale oil is gone, the world will be plunged into darkness. And I'm sure back when we used whale oil, everybody was thinking of that. Oh, my gosh, what will happen when we run out of whale oil? And then uh, uh, they discovered oil in Pennsylvania. And they discovered how to produce it, how to get it to market. Uh, Paul Simon, of course, years ago had um, that famous 
bet with uh, the butterfly specialist, uh, Paul Ehrlich, uh, who's always predicting the end of everything, and, and said, I bet in 10 years you pick, uh, you pick the uh, resource, you pick the metal, or you pick the natural resource, and I'll bet you in 10 years we have more of it than we have today. Uh, of course, uh, the butterfly specialists say they were running out of everything, and in 10 years, Simon was right. Uh, there was more of it. The prices were higher simply because of human ingenuity and stuff. Reagan was right uh, in so many ways. And that's why the left is so wrong. They say, oh, we'll never find our way out of this. There are no solutions. Uh, government has to be in charge because they're smart and they can figure it out. And government's the worst, the worst place to have decisions made. And like you say about the company Liberty Oil Field Services, they said, hey, here's a problem. We can solve the problem. We can make money at it. We can put food on the table, and we can make the world a better place. Wow. Isn't that the American dream? Uh, it, it truly is the American dream. And and so I see this whole argument that now it's a – it's a straw man, really, and that is the whole global warming thing. That is the thing, you know, we're teaching it in our schools, and we're now well, using that argument to try to control people, that, that we're going to be running, you know, that the temperature is going to go up. Now, okay, so it is uh, June 18th, and this morning when I got in the car, it was 56 degrees. You know, that's a yeah, pretty cool yeah. June 18th. And, um, well, we have, a, we, we have a, uh, we're approaching summertime. Later this week, and we have not had uh, a, a 90 degree day in Denver yet. Uh, we had the uh, biggest snowpack. What, what do we have? We have 237 percent of normal on on our snowpack here in Colorado. I drove up to Mount Evans on Monday. Usually, you uh, you can drive up to Mount Evans on top of Mount Evans on Memorial Day, but because of all the snow, couldn't do it. Years ago, Kim, and I know you're approaching the end, but years ago I debated an environmentalist on television here in Denver, and, and, and she, she was quoting people about global warming. And I said, do you realize the people you're quoting just a couple of years ago were predicting global cooling on right. such a massive scale that we would not be able to feed ourselves? And it stopped her for just a second, and then she said, well, it's going to be something. <laughs> and that's what the environmentalists say. It's going to be something, and like the, the quote of another movie from the movie The Fly, be afraid, be very afraid, and that's what they're preaching. They're preaching fear. And uh, they've been preaching fear since Malthus, and they have never gotten over it. Well, that's for sure. And so, uh, William Perry Penley, thank you so much. Uh, great conversation. And, uh, we, you know, I decided that we would do Ronald Reagan quotes. So I imagine that you're really going to like this one. He said <laughs> that he said the future doesn't belong to the faint hearted. It belongs to the brave. And, Perry, that's one of the things that we're working to do every day on this radio show is to be brave, to be talking about these yeah. issues honestly and with with no agenda but the only agenda is is that we believe in the american idea that through creativity and innovation and of course done responsibly that everyday people can thrive and prosper and those yes. that that preach fear they want to have people afraid so that they don't step up and uh, go after their American dreams. So, again, that is uh, Ronald Reagan. He said, the future doesn't belong to the faint-hearted. It belongs to the brave. And William Perry Pinley, I know that you are one of the brave ones. 
You're very kind. Uh, Wonderful program, and keep it up. Okay, thanks so much. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Through the rain and lightning, wandering.